Woo! Third day. Third day. Man, my God is awesome. Hallelujah! This morning is my favorite subject. I love to talk about Jesus fighting for me. I love to talk about Jesus, the warrior, the fighter. Oh, whoa, let's pray. Father in heaven, do what you got to do. Amen. Forget that photo, please. I, don't know, I think it was the five to eight I told this group about. But these were literally the brothers that I grew up with in our neighborhood. The guy in the blue jacket is literally my brother. We've got the same mother. He's my older brother. Those two are twins, the Kailahi twins. They're Tongan boys. And the guy on the left, we knew each other since he was two and I was four. And um, I was raised by two sets of parents. My parents and my Palangi parents. I think it was a five to eight I explained what Palangi means. But I explained to you what Palangi means. Pa literally means pop. Langi means sky. Because when the Samoans first saw the white people coming from the ocean, they went, wow, they must have popped from the sky. And st- until this day, they called Balangis. So that was my, my, uh, my Balangi brother. And uh, his parents were literally my second set of parents that gave me advice. They counseled me where I'd go to my parents and I couldn't make sense of what's going on at school. And I'd say, mom and dad are like, man, I don't know. It's a different culture. Go see them. So I'll see Brendan and Julie and they'll explain to me. This one time in holidays, I was 16, chilling out at the Kailahi twins' house. And uh, we're waiting for their cousin. She was catching the bus from the north of Auckland. We're waiting for her in the west of Auckland. And the bus stop is just outside the Kailahi twins' house. So we're waiting in the kitchen, chilling out. And she's late. She's taking a long time to get, get to us. Finally, the bus pulls up. She's about an hour late. I go grab the door because there are other guys there. There's Sasha and me, the guy that's uh, in the white, the white shirt. He's the other guy that I rapped with when I told you about the rap band. And his brother, Viliami, he's no, he's no longer with us. He's, he's, um, he's resting now. But uh, he was thug. This guy was just gangster to the bone. With such a loving heart. It was crazy. I know it doesn't make sense to you, but it did to me. Well, he was there and he had three boys with him in that room. There was Shiona Lawaki. That guy became an all-black rugby player later on, in the, later on in his years. I don't know how and why. I was better than him. <laughs> there was Rome. Yulia. He was a crazy nut. And there was a guy named Sefo. I lost all hope for this guy. This guy sometimes stare at a wall and just go, <laughs> man, dude, can't talk, can't talk to that guy. Every time he's around me, I'm like, is somebody else in the room? Seth <laughs> was crazy. So he's there with his boys. And I go to the door and I open the door and lo and behold, their cousin has got a red eye, a dark, new swollen eye and a bleeding lip, and missing shoes. And I click on straight away what's happened. I'm thinking, oh dear, this isn't good. So I walk in the room, I try and walk in the room and try and calm, down, calm the boys down. I said, listen, 
But it's come down before she, she comes in the room and so William jumps up. What the hell happened? Now, let me explain something to you. Simons, we are told if we've got sisters or girl cousins, our older folk will tell us you've got to protect them with your life. That's why other Simons end up getting non-Simon girlfriends. Because their brothers are on their case. So, hey, if you're with a Simon girl, my best advice to you, go straight to the dad. He'll take care of everything. He'll just get here. He'll either say no or yes. Listen to him. Otherwise, the brothers, look out for the brothers. The Tongans, they're on a whole new level. When I hated it when we had a, when we had like a wedding or a birthday, and we want to watch the rugby, right? As soon as one of the girl cousins walks in the room, all the boys have to leave. It's like, Man, really? Did you have to walk in this room? Did you walk in some other room? And then the boys have to leave. Girls have first shot. And, they, and, and, the, and the, 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 the honor and the sacredness is incredible. So when their girl cousin walks in that room and she's beaten up and missing her shoes, guess how these Tongan boys are reacting? They're like going, oh dear, oh goodness. Oh, that's a shame. Let's, let's go get the first aid kit. No. Rome stands up and he starts his little speech. He stands up and goes, this ain't right, boys. We're going to go. We know who did this. Let's go out there and take care of them. This is what we do. Look, this isn't right. And he said, I'm like, oh. So I stand up and say, Rome, 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 settle down, settle down. Settle down with your two-pack Shakur. I said, guys, I know we're real angry at the moment. I'm trying to talk some sense. I'm trying to, trying to calm the things down, but then I can feel the tension in the room. And so I said, my little speech and said, we can get in trouble. There's a police station right next door to the bus depot. We know who the gang is. So there's, there's, a, there's a police depot right next to the, and they'll, they'll get to the bus in a matter of seconds. The boys are up and they're heading to the van. They jump in the van. My, my words had no effect on them. So Sasha will be joining them. They drive all the way to the depot. They jump out and run. Sasha and me, we're just walking. We're like, man, this isn't, this isn't good. And they run into the bus depot, and it's blocked by these shops. We, we parked behind the shops, and you couldn't quite see the depot. But we walked up the stairs, and the boys were already there. And there they were. Four boys, running rancid, just ruckus. They're hitting all these guys, all these kids, they used to dress in red. I wasn't one of them, by the way. Red caps, red t-shirts, red pants, red shoes, whatever. That was their gang color. And you see all these kids in red just getting smashed. And they didn't discriminate, it was girls and boys, they didn't care. And as soon as the sirens went off, they ran straight past Sasha and me, and Sasha and me turned around, ran to the car. They were not going to let their cousin go off scot-free. They came back with a pair of shoes and her purse. But uh, these boys were not going to let that go easy. And it's still, that's still vivid in my mind. <laughs> and you might know, uh, this Rome, it's crazy. This Rome is a preacher now. In fact, right now as I'm preaching this morning, he'll be preaching in a, a, about one hour in Kempsey. God has changed this guy's life. He's no longer putting the speech about beating people up. He's about beating up the enemy now. He's about advancing God's kingdom. And it's crazy what God's done with his life. 
but they weren't going to let their cousin go scot-free and I'll get some revenge on him. There's a text in the Bible that says that if God is for us, who? Who? Is there anybody? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I think you know the answer to that question. I told you before, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18 says, For we do not fix our eyes on things that can be seen. We fix our eyes on things that what? cannot, thank you, that cannot be seen. Things that we cannot be seen. Now, Abraham, we talk about Abraham. Sorry, Abraham. He's a man that had so much faith, and you can't see faith. This guy had a nephew. There was these kingdoms, allied kingdoms. One kingdom had four allies, one had five. And Sodom and Gomorrah, where Abraham's living with his nephew, they'd been conquered by this other kingdom for 13 years. So 12 years, 12 years, and they had enough. They said, we're going to bounce back, we're going to take revenge. And they did. On the 13th year, they took revenge. And they fought. And this, meanwhile, this other kingdom, he's collecting his goods and moving north side and conquering all these other tribes. And when he hears about this, this tribe rebelling, they turn back, come back down, take on some more kingdoms, and they come back and grab him. And when they beat this kingdom, they take Abraham's, lot, they take Abraham's nephew with them. His name's Lot. And they go back and they return. Do you think when Abraham heard that, and, they, and this, one of the survivors come back and said, Abraham, your nephew Lot's just been taken. Do you think Abraham went, oh, that's a shame. Let's go get the first aid kit. Do you think that's what Abraham did? We've got a conquering kingdom here. Strong kingdom. Abraham, a military trained, trained tactician, gets 318 of his servants who are military trained. 318. What are you going to do with 318 of them? And at night time, they run after the kingdom. And I love this. It says they come, they surround the camp. They surround the camp. They get around the camp. They don't just come at it from one angle. You see, a lot of times when we come across problems in our life, and we think, man, I don't know what to do with the situation. We only see one solution. And we say to God, God, I need you to do this. But God's not like that. You know, God can see things from all different angles. He sees the bigger picture. He sees it from 360 degrees. So meanwhile, we're looking at one solution. God says, I've got 1,001 solutions for your one problem. And this is all we see. And they surround the camp. 318 utterly destroy this kingdom. And he brings back the possessions and his nephew Lot. Jesus is the same. He does not want to see any single person, not one of you, Get beaten up by the enemy. He's ready, to, he's ready to bounce as soon as you say, Lord, fight for me. I need you to give me a hand. And I tell you, he's done in my experiences. It's incredible what he's done in my life. Where I've asked Jesus, you fight for me. And I come into a room. And before I even say the word, somebody will go, you know, Dave, we think you should do this. I'm like, what? We didn't even talk. And I realized, because Jesus did it for me. And because Jesus does it for us. It's only fair that you should do it for others. Do you agree? It's only, it's only fair that when you see in school, when someone's not being treated right, you say something. You fight for them. When somebody's hungry and they haven't got any food, you grab them some food. When they're thirsty, you grab them some, some water. You do what it takes to fight for the weak. Isn't that something you want to do? Man, our God is awesome. Hallelujah!
<laughs> We're going to work on this tomorrow. I got something for you. If you're one of those ones that uh, want Jesus to fight for you, just put your hand up. Just put your hand up if you want Jesus to fight for you. Now listen carefully. If you're going to be one of those ones that want to stand up for somebody else, for the weak ones, put your other hand up. You're going to fight for the weak ones. You're going to stand up for what's right when you see a trial. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, you see these hands up. You are the Lord of all the armies. And we ask now, recruit us. Let us learn those tactics, Lord, and how to work in your army. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.